Thanks for joining us for the special Mid-East Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Thinking about the end of the world may be frightening, but if you've put your hope in Jesus, you have nothing to fear. As Pastor J.D. teaches today, allow your mind to be at ease. The Lord doesn't leave or forsake His children. Rest in Him and sit at His feet. He's coming again to make all wrong things right. Now don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on March 27, 2022. You know how this works, right? I'm not going to try to give you a dissertation on the human genome, but the father and the mother provide each 23 chromosomes that make up the baby's DNA. And there can sometimes, as was the case with our daughter, be an anomaly where there's a duplicate or an addition to one of those chromosomes genetically. Now, trisomy 21, a third copy of the 21 chromosome, also known as Down syndrome, well, you can survive that. And we know many precious, in fact, they are so innocent and honest and precious. But that's the 21 chromosome. When it comes to number 18 or even number 13, game over. We met with a geneticist who provided us with a detailed explanation of our daughter Noelle's genome and answered for us the question of why the medical field deems trisomy 18, quote, incompatible with life. In fact, she was diagnosed in the ninth month of pregnancy, and sure enough, they said, well, we can still perform an abortion. I couldn't believe it. So incompatible with life? Hmm. Why? Because of the anomaly of her DNA. By addition, not deletion, which would eventually lead to her getting pneumonia, resulting in her death, when she came into contact with a common cold virus, also known as coronavirus. When we took her into the hospital, her oxygenation was a little over 50%. They put her on a ventilator, and it wasn't long after that. Her immune system was completely gone because of this, and rendered inoperative by virtue of this chromosome syndrome. And that's just one. A deletion of a chromosome? 
an altering genetically of the human genome? We've talked about this in prior updates. I won't take the time to go any further with it. Suffice it to say that I am personally of the belief and of the opinion that what's happening right now is a total distraction from what's really going on. And not only is it a distraction from what I'll reluctantly refer to as the death shot, I'll take it a step further and suggest that it may also be the cause. And if you'll hear me out, I'll explain why I believe this and say this with four reports, all of which point to both Russia and Ukraine's position on the Pfizer injections. I do so with the hopes that all of us, myself included, will have a better understanding of what's really going on and what this is really about. Let's start with this Reuters report from last year about how Ukraine was to buy an extra 10 million doses of Pfizer's vaccine, so-called. According to the report, President Vladimir Zelensky's office said that the additional 10 million doses of Pfizer's vaccine brought the total number of doses to 20 million. Oh, wasn't that interesting? Now, in stark contrast to Ukraine's chummy relationship with Pfizer, seems that Russia was never on board. And it's evidenced by this scathing Wall Street Journal report about how U.S. officials were accusing Russia concerning a disinformation campaign aimed to undermine confidence in Pfizer and even other COVID-19 vaccines. This Bloomberg opinion piece titled, Would you take Russia's COVID-19 vaccine? May in some way explain why Russia is not on board with Pfizer, citing their own Sputnik vaccine. Add to this the rumored U.S. bioweapon labs in Ukraine. You heard about this? Well, according to this Israel 365 news report, the Pentagon has all but admitted to running these bioweapon labs in Ukraine. Oh, by the way, I hope it doesn't come as a shock that Zelensky's in Ukraine because of the U.S. You knew that, right? I wonder, hmm, things that make you go, hmm, I wonder if what this is really about is the U.S. against Russia in Ukraine. I mean, the Pentagon's admitting to running these bioweapon labs in Ukraine, so much so that they even fear that these U.S.-run bioweapon labs in Ukraine will fall into Russian hands. What does that tell you? Well, this is a recipe for disaster, and may in fact 
be one of the main reasons that this is all happening, in the event that all of this were to escalate, and it most certainly could, then it's just a matter of time before Bible prophecies foretold, specific to the seven-year tribulation, unfold. And that's why I believe we're at the end. Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so too will it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. He also included Lot in that, by the way. Interesting, he took Lot out before the judgment came down. A picture, by the way, of the pre-tribulation rapture. So the question, I guess, becomes one of... uh, Is it like it was in the days of Noah? Do you know what it was like in the days of Noah? There was genetic manipulation to corrupt the seed line in the human DNA. Do you know that? Genesis 6. It's a very... In fact, I heard one, uh, I really appreciated the way he stated it, because it is arguably the most controversial passage in all of Scripture, Genesis chapter 6, concerning the Nephilim. There's an interesting word there when, I can't cite the exact verse just off the top of my head, but uh, it says of Noah that he was a righteous man, upright or perfect in his generations. Interesting. In the original language of the Hebrew Old Testament, that word for perfect is the Hebrew word tamim, It's similar to the Arabic word in my native tongue of tamam. It means intact, perfect, uncorrupted, unaltered. So if I were to say to you and ask me, hey, how you doing, JD? I would say, kul ishi tamam. Everything is perfect, intact. That's the word. He was intact in his generations. How about intact in his genetics? Uncorrupted, unaltered in his DNA, as it was in the days of Noah. How about the wickedness and the evil? We're going to talk a little bit about this in James. The prevalence of evil in our day would rival the days of Noah and the days of Lot. You know, it's interesting, Ezekiel provides us with some detail as to the judgment that came down on Sodom and Gomorrah. We assume, and rightfully so, that it was their sexual immorality, but it was even worse than that. I mean, you even get back into that whole account when the angels came to get Lot and his family out. And the people were so evil, so wicked, so corrupt. I didn't even want to go. It's not uh, necessary, I suppose. So to the question of, are we at the end? Yes. Are you sure? How can you be so sure? I mean, again, I base this on nothing but 
the prophetic word of God, the more sure word of prophecy. God doesn't want us to be ignorant concerning Bible prophecy. He wants us to know this is what the world's going to look like at the time of the end. I want you to know this so that you can be ready, so that when I come, and I'm coming, it won't be for you as a thief in the night that you're caught unaware, that when I come as a thief in the night, you're already ready, watching, anticipating. This brings me to how we began. This is not only the end, but this is how it ends. For the Christian, this ends in the rapture. For those who are not Christians, it ends in the tribulation. And here's why. The next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the church, which is again closer than any of us could possibly imagine. And those who are not born again will be left behind and enter into the most horrific period of human history in the seven-year tribulation. This is why there's little time while it's still day, because that time is coming. Just one more thing. I want you to think through this with me again, with that God-given intellect to reason through this. When the rapture happens, that's it for us. Everything we did here on earth is now sealed, and we will be recompensed according to that for all eternity. In other words, the little time that we have left, we can get to work to further the kingdom of God, while there's still time. And whatever we do for Christ will matter for all eternity. How are we investing our time, our treasures, our talents, as one said? Spence said that soon one life will be passed, and only that which was done for Christ will last. We are so close, there's still time. Remember that parable that Jesus taught? about the laborers that were hired. So he hires this group of workers first thing in the morning, agrees to pay them this price to work all day. Then he goes back again, needs more workers, hires them, pays them the same price. Then towards the end of the day, he gets even more and pays them the same price. And apparently these guys found out what everyone was getting paid. You shouldn't do that. And they protested and said, wait a minute, we, you hired us in the morning, and you're paying us the same amount that you're paying them, that you hired them. They only work for two hours. You hired them at three, and it's almost five. What's up with that? And he says, ah, we agreed, right? What's the point of the parable? Well, there's many. But one of them, for our application today, is this. It's never too late. Or you've heard it said, better late than never. You still got time. <laughs> you can still invest in eternity, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust can destroy or thief break in and steal. You still have time. You still have time. 
Not much, which is why we do these updates and have for 16 years. I can't believe it. I had more hair then when we started. <laughs> it's all right. When I get my new body, I'm going to have an afro. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm... Anyway, okay, I digress. Let's uh, bring this in for a much-needed landing. We do these updates because the time is at hand. And this is why we end with the gospel, the good news of salvation found in the person of Jesus Christ, and a childlike, simple explanation of salvation by way of the ABCs of salvation. What's the good news? Well, here's the good news. Jesus came, and He was crucified and died for you and for me. And He was buried, and He rose again from the grave on the third day, and He's coming back again one day soon and very soon. That's the good news. The good news is He died for you and instead of you, so that you could have eternal life. That's the good news. The ABCs, just a simple, in fact it's even simpler than ABC, it's actually as simple as B. But the A is what brings us to the B. It's this admitting or acknowledging, I'm a sinner, because until and unless I do, why would I need a Savior if I'm not a sinner? Romans 3.10 says, there is no one righteous, <laughs> not even one. You ask the average person, do you think you're going to go to heaven? They're probably going to say something to the effect of, yeah. And then when you ask them why, they're going to probably say something to the effect of, well, I'm a good person. Well, you might be a good person, you'll never be good enough. And Romans 3.23 tells us why. It's because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. This word sin, interesting, it's an archery term. Talk about shooting arrows. <laughs> it's missing the bullseye, falling short. So you would say to the archer when he shot the arrow and missed the bullseye, you sinned, you fell short, you missed the mark. We all fall short of the perfect bullseye standard of God's righteousness. Yeah, again, you might be a good person, but you'll never be good enough. Now Romans 6.23, I like it because it packages, for lack of a better way of saying it, the bad news first with the good news. And you'll forgive me for the way I say this. I know it's not proper sentence structure, but the badder the bad news is, the gooder the good news will be. Well, how bad is the bad news? Oh, it's really bad. <laughs> it's life and death bad. You've been sentenced to death because the wages of sin is death. That's the bad news. Now when I realize that I've broken God's law, the Holy Spirit's right there to take me by the hand like a a tutor from the law to the cross, where the one who fulfilled the law, didn't do away with it, fulfilled it. Instead of me, for me, He takes me to that cross, where the Savior paid in my stead my death penalty. And when He did that, He purchased in His blood, the blood of the new covenant, He paid in full the price. We are not our own, we are purchased with a price. He made the purchase, He purchased 
us on that cross with His blood so that He could offer us a gift. He paid for it. And He offers us this gift that He paid for, which is the gift of eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, we are saved by grace through faith. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Here's the B, it's again central. Belief in your heart. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe, just believe, and be water baptized, and join this uh, religion, and do this, and no! It's already finished. Period. It's already paid for. Period. Just believe. Believe. Whosoever would believe in Him would not perish in hell for all eternity, but have everlasting life. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will, will be saved. And then the C lastly is for call upon the name of the Lord, as Romans 10, 9 and 10 also says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And oh, by the way, spoiler alert, every knee is going to bow, and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Well, wait a minute, does that mean everybody's going to get saved? Oh, no. See, when we confess Jesus is Lord now, it's unto salvation. But the time is coming that every tongue will confess, and it's unto damnation. Romans ten thirteen. finally. All who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Period. Not comma. Oh, I implore you today, if you never called upon the name of the Lord, believing in your heart, today's the day of salvation. The time is at hand. The end is not near. The end is here. And the Lord is coming. Praise the Lord. How is it even remotely possible that this side of glory, we could ever adequately or sufficiently thank you enough. It's not possible. Our only consolation is that we have all of eternity to thank you, to praise you, to worship you, for you are worthy to be worshipped. Worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb that was slain. You've been listening to a Prophecy Update with Pastor J.D. Farag on In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for tuning in to study the Word of God. As you continue to learn about the things that are happening all around us and how that relates to the Bible, take some time to pray for this nation and for the world as a whole. 
How all the details will play out is still unknown, but God treasures the prayers that are offered on behalf of His people and the world around them. Continue to delve deep into God's Word on your own and gain some useful insight about these things in addition to what you hear from Pastor J.D. Are there some things that you heard today that really touched home in your heart that you'd appreciate some prayer over? We'd be honored to pray for you. Let us know what those requests are by going to jdfarag.org and then fill out the form under contact. Once again, that website is jdfarag.org. You can also find us on social media. You'll find links to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube on our website. And we encourage you to follow them so you can stay up to date with all that's happening at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe and in spirit and truth. If you're wanting to access these things on the go, we have a mobile app that's available for iPhone and Android users. Just look under the resources tab. That's all we have time for today, but thanks for joining us. We look forward to our next edition where you'll get the opportunity to hear more insightful things about the days that we're living in and how that intersects with what's been predicted in the Bible. Join us again here on In Spirit and Truth.